We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everybody and welcome hey, into hey. no other pod, the home of the Green Bay hey. Packers. It's what? <laughs> Shut up! Had no. I don't have to do anything. All I did. Uh, I'm Jimmy. He's Dan. I'm a Packers fan. He's not. So, welcome. Truly outrageous. Yeah, welcome, <laughs> welcome. I will be uh, searching for a new co-host of No Other Pod because, uh, you know, because of Jimmy, because <laughs> yeah. he's just being him. Well, we were told on Twitter not to not to fight, and then we proceeded to fight. I, I believe I want to say was it Drake Ewing, I think, um, who's yeah, like, it's... "Hey, don't fight," and then we proceeded to fight in Drake's mentions. So, well, and someone said, "Have a, you know, hash it out on the pod," and I'm like, "Well, I I can't do that because I don't I don't fight fair." Like you, you'll be like, "Oh, uh, analytics and uh, stats and time management," <laughs> and I'll be like, "Fuck your mother!" And it just gets too heated too quickly, and I I can't control it. I've been going to therapy for this. I'm, I'm working on it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, it uh, it all played out on the field just like we all wanted. So, okay. well, uh... you knew they would win. <laughs> Everyone knew they would win. If anything, you should be like, why did you let the Chiefs get so close? That's what I'd be worried about. Packers defense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, hey, Arrowhead's a tough place to play. I'm happy. So it's all good. I wouldn't hate it if that was the Super Bowl, though. Be kind of fun. So. Oh my God. I. Don't even want to think about that right now. It is kind of crazy that like the Chiefs can afford to lose a few games and still make the playoffs. It's like it's fine. Let's just throw these away and uh, we'll squeeze on in. It's fine. <laughs> um, yeah. So we uh, Sporting KC is not playing once again, but we will not turn it into a Chiefs pod entirely. Big show today. Oh man, this is a great one. We uh, we have an, a big Pretty time fun. interview. Big time interview that we're gonna uh, have on for you guys. Chad Reynolds, creative director of Sporting KC joins us at the request of many many fans hell yeah so, this was he, a good uh, one. when i reached out to him i told him uh you know hey an intern said you're pretty awesome so do you want to you want to prove your awesomeness and uh come on the pod and he says oh damn interns always trying to get a full-time job <laughs> <laughs> didn't tell and him which goes, intern I though. <laughs> <laughs> no i didn't tell him who it was but uh i don't know how many interns they have but hey he said yes and that's all that matters and uh Boy, did we talk for a while. Oh, man. And this is this is exciting. So, guys, this is the end of our podcast. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, there's the interview, and then we're about done. 
Yeah, we uh, it's it's a good it's a good forty five minutes, and and you're not gonna want to miss it. He drops nuggets about the kit design process. He drops cool. he drops some hints on what he thinks of the kits for the next three years. So I threw Jimmy under the bus for not liking the black jersey. That did happen. We're not gonna tell you when any of this happens because you have to listen to like the that. entire thing. I didn't like it at all. <laughs> I just was like, hey, now don't tell him that I hate his designs because that's not yeah. true. <laughs> It was was just the black one that I was iffy on. (laughs) You go stop. And I was like, I will not stop. (laughs) Um, But no, this was a fan. This was one of my favorite interviews we've done. So I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Um, Do you want to give a quick shout out to those of you who have left five star ratings and reviews? We don't have any new ones to read this week, but please do leave us that rating or review. Um, And although sport and KC did not play because our season is done. MLS is still happening. So uh, I just thought maybe real quick before we kick it to the Chad interview, um, yeah. let's let's recap what a little bit of this action was because I think there was a, you know, a surprise in the results of, of the conference semifinals. Uh, New York City lost at home to Toronto that's, FC. That's surprise. Well, they lost at New York Mets City Field at, uh, against Toronto FC. So correction. it's interesting, man. And we, we did not expect that. So, I mean, the conference finals are set now, and uh, it just kind of shows. I saw a graph that showed, like, these four teams that are here are are the, are the are in the top five of teams who spent the most money on their players' salaries. And I'm like, huh, must be something to that. Pay your players and uh, make, make finals. Yeah, you know, hey, there's uh, rumors that Sporting KC are going to open the pocketbook a little bit. We'll see. There's a rumor. There's a rumor so, out there. Um, of course, you know, we are recording this on a Monday night. This comes out on Wednesday. And by the time this comes out, one of the conference finals will already have been played. Seattle right. Sounders uh, will go to Bank of California Stadium in Los Angeles to play LAFC, who uh, beat the Galaxy for the first time in a 5-3 to three game. Um, so at this point, it's already happened. But just go on record. Who do you think between Seattle and LAFC are going to advance to MLS Cup? I mean, it's got to be LAFC. I mean, that's just they're rolling, man. Seattle has never beat, has never beaten LAFC. It's true. Um, and if LAFC could could sort of slay their their demon in the form of Zlatan and and the LA Galaxy, it's it's hard to imagine that Seattle goes in there and and somehow finds a way to get a win. Um, right. Might be the last time we ever see uh, Zlatan in an MLS uh, game. Rumors are he's out. So, we'll see. Did you see the way he uh, left the field after they lost? Yeah, he grabbed his pee-pee. Yeah, peak Zlatan. Feel he, like uh, he grabbed grabbed his ding ding. It was uh, it was not good. No, if he somehow does come back, he will be suspended. I'm sure. I don't think he's coming back. I think he's oh, just gonna... and he like he like pursed his lips like he was making uh, you know kissy face like a high school girl taking a selfie. Just grabbed his ding ding and was like fish lips. Oh, it's duck lips, isn't it? <laughs> Not fish face. lips. What a fool! <laughs> yeah, I uh, my my theory is he'll he'll fly over to Europe where he'll sign either with. There's rumors about Napoli. I think I even saw Manchester United again. He said he wants to retire with his uh, hometown club of Malmo. I think he's going to stop in New York City for a brief layover. Go to the MLS offices, walk up to Don Garber's office, do that same gesture just to Don, leave without saying a word, and then fly over to Europe. So well, I want to let you know to like. For some reason, I thought you were here, and I reenacted the Zlatan thing. I grabbed my <laughs> ding-ding, and I did make fish lips, and I was like, why am I doing that? I'm alone in my office. 
well, grab now, my ding ding. Now every... Why am I calling it a ding ding? Am I nine? I have no <laughs> idea. But now everybody has this image in their head. So, um, oh my god! Anywho. Shut up, Daniel. Shut up. <laughs> Uh, over on the Eastern Conference side, this game is on Wednesday, I believe. Um, Atlanta United hosts Toronto FC. Um, and man, I, I mean, Atlanta, even though they didn't have their center backs, looked pretty good. So what do you think? Yeah, Atlanta's going to be good, man. I think we both kind of feel that it's going to be uh, LAFC and Atlanta in the final. And I think that's the best case scenario because Atlanta can, can give Atlanta's the only team left that can give them some trouble for the cup. I hate for Atlanta to win twice in a year. Yeah, get so, the hell out of or that. twice in two years. So, I don't know, man. Yeah, and I already saw them talking on MLSsoccer.com, uh, saying that if Atlanta wins, they'll win the treble because they won the U.S. Open Cup and they won the Campionas Cup. And I was like, stop! Campionas Cup does not count as a treble. No, that's get not a, get out of here with that. It's Supporter Shield. Just like, gonna win three three trophies? That's no, yeah, that doesn't yeah. go in there. Like what? Okay, so then are we gonna throw like, oh, you know, Seattle won the Cascadia Cup, so you know that's a treble. You know, Toronto beat Columbus for the Trillium Cup, so there's treble. Like, stop! What are we doing? So, it's not gonna work. Nope, I'm not on board with that. No, but, uh, but let I, let LAFC go smoke them, and uh, and we'll move on to next season as we're all you know patiently waiting for it to start. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what happened around the league this week. Uh, not, not a lot of crazy news. Um, no roster moves that we've seen for, for SKC yet. Um, so I think we, uh, we kick it to this interview with Chad and, uh, we'll kick it, let that, uh, take it away. And then we'll be back after the interview to answer your questions. So without further ado, here's Chad Reynolds, creative director, sporting Kansas city. All right, guys, we are back, and we have an exciting interview for you this week. We are joined by Chad Reynolds, Creative Director of Sporting Kansas City. Chad, thank you so much for taking some time to talk with us tonight. How are you doing? I, I mean, no promises that this interview will be exciting, though. <laughs> you know, Why does everyone uh, say that? <laughs> well, I mean, I just don't want to, I don't want to like, set anybody up with high expectations and then just be like, <laughs> no other pod guys lied to me. That was not exciting at all. No, no, no. You were specifically requested by multiple people Special to come request, on our pod. Yeah. So you wrote the people. Uh, I mean, so so my mom does listen to the podcast, so that explains so yeah. much. <laughs> You'll slip her the twenty later. So. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, Chad. I, I know many people are, are probably familiar with with your work with Sporting Kansas City. Uh, probably follow you on Twitter, um, but. If you don't mind, could you just give our listeners uh, sort of a, a quick little background on sort of where where you came from, how you got with your uh, your role in Sporting KC, and sort of what you do for the club? Oh wow. Um, well, yeah. Uh, so so as you guys mentioned, I'm I'm the creative director for for Sporting and and Sporting Club, really kind of you know the parent company and the parent brand and and everything that that includes, uh, which which really just means that I oversee. Um, uh, all of the marketing creative and, and, and the branding, um, you know, essentially at the end of the day, I'm, I, my job is to kind of keep the brand story and the story that we tell in the public on, uh, on target, if you will. And, and all, uh, all going where we want it to go, where the ownership wants it to go. And, uh, and hopefully, you know, tell you guys, the public, a story that, that you want to hear and you, you want to feel like you, believe in and and hopefully in our world you want to be a part of so um that includes everything from like you know 
we've got a fantastic team of three really, really talented designers and, uh, and a team of uh, talented video guys and, and, and everything that kind of rolls out of them and then, and then involvement with the social media content. And then, um, God, I don't even know what else, um, that, you know, that line at the bottom of everybody's contract that says other duties as a sign. <laughs> yep. Um, that's kind of, that, that's, that some days it feels like that's about, you know, 30 or 40% of my job. So, well, you know, we had Carter Augustine on here and he said he's had about 97 different positions for sporting. So we just assume yeah. that you do as well. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, I, uh, I, I, am pretty sure Carter and I have overlapped and, and, and we like, I think for there was like a week he was my boss, and uh, like we just don't even know it. Uh, no, no, again, again, Carter Carter's very much the same way. He's he's kind of he's old school around uh, around sporting these days. And, and if you were around in in let's call it the early days, um, and the early days of sporting, obviously different than the early days of the Wizards. But if you were around in the early days of sporting, you wore you know three or four hats at any given time, and, and sometimes even more. So um, yeah, there was there was a lot of that where we we, we all kind of did a lot of different things. So Carter's nice. worn the blue mascot outfit. Have you ever worn that yourself? <laughs> I have not worn. Uh, I have not worn the blue mascot. I did one time put on the uh, the chopper or Dynamo the Dragon uh, oh, head man. just for fun, um, but I've never <laughs> worn fun. the blue mascot outfit. <laughs> just took it home yeah. for a night. Not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you got to go play play pranks on your roommates when you're you know you're oh. 24 years old. <laughs> so. That's not why I wore it. I just—I literally did just put it on for fun because I wanted to see what it, what what it looked like to look out of the eyes. And the uh, spoiler alert—you can't see a damn thing. Can I say damn? I just said damn. Oh, you could say so worse. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, I think uh, creative director. I mean, you, you you do so many things for the club in general, but I think one of the biggest things is. Uh, probably jersey design. I mean, that's what everyone gets excited for every year. Um, you kind of organize the team behind that. And uh, is that kind of your, is that kind of your biggest project every year? And, and can you kind of explain like the process that goes into that? I mean, I know we've all probably heard you on other uh, radio shows talking about how it's like a two year process and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, um, can you kind of touch on it a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So kit design is really an interesting one. Um, because it is such a big part of what we do. I wouldn't, I wouldn't actually call it, you know, a weird way. It's not like one of my biggest projects in terms of time commitment, mm-hmm. um, because it does kind of happen in a really truncated timetable um, so far in advance. But, uh, and I'll, I'll get into that in a second, but, but we're it, in terms of biggest projects impact wise. Um, absolutely. Uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's the most visible aspect of, um, you know, a soccer team's brand or a sports team brand. And I would argue in a lot of ways, it's, it's, it's the most recognizable aspect of, of a sports team brand. Um, I always tell people that, you know, I, be, I became a Liverpool fan because when I was a kid, um, you know, I played on a, on a soccer, a YMCA soccer team that wore red. And I randomly remember, you know, turning a TV on and my dad turned a TV on one day and there was a soccer game going on and there was a team wearing all red on the TV. And I was like, that's my team. You know, I just kind of adopted them at like three years old or something like that because they wore red like I wore red. And that's, you know, I mean, you turn a TV on and you see a team in all red or internationally, odds are it's Liverpool, you know, like that's, it's so ingrained. And so when it comes to soccer, that's such a big part of the club's brand. And, um, and that's, you know, like why I guess, to answer your question, yes, it is one of the biggest projects that we work on because it's so important. Um, what else did you ask? Sorry, that was a long answer. Um, oh, you asked about like what the process is like, um, sure. and and 
and it is it is a two year process. It's it's a uh, it's, I would call it eighteen to twenty four months, depending on the year and depending on um, kind of the way Adidas has got production schedules and things like that set up. But yeah, um, we we work very very far out, and um, you know, for example, we we are already done. We know exactly what twenty twenty one looks like, let alone twenty. Um, we know exactly what 2021 looks like and, uh, you know, minus some tweaks here and there. And then, um, and we're already kind of have a pretty good idea of what 2022 might look like. We've got some ideas in the, in the, the hopper for that. And that, that process starts in earnest, I would say May, May, June coming up. And, uh, and then obviously that won't kick off until, you know, February, March of, uh, of 2022. But, you know, the, the, the truth of the matter is we're actually, kind of adopted a new system and a new process on that where we're we're trying to work even further ahead which seems silly when i say it out loud um, that we're working <laughs> further than two years ahead but but we're actually we have a we have what i would call a seven-year kit plan currently in oh, wow. in kind of in place and it's that's not you know look it's what, what what we've got on paper right now for seven years down the road may change drastically and it may change sure. three or four times but it you know if you don't if you don't have a plan you don't have a plan you don't have anything to change, you know, and, and it, and it kind of made sense to us um, for a variety of reasons to, to get to a point where we just said, you know, if we can tell a consistent story with our kit over the next seven years, we will have really accomplished something. And then knowing what that story is became the key. And once we kind of nailed that down, we were like, yep, no, we can, we can absolutely get out to, you know, 2026 or 2027 and, and have a really good feel for where we want the aesthetics of this team on the field to look, um, you know, going way out. And, you know, like I said, if you don't have a plan, you don't have anything to look, look to, and you don't, you feel like you're kind of doing everything on an ad hoc basis. And, uh, and, you know, I think we as a league and we have a, we as a club have kind of matured beyond you know, trying to, trying to throw something at the wall and see what sticks. So that's crazy, man. I mean, you say that, uh, like, I mean, you don't consider the Jersey process one of the biggest things you do, but definitely (laughs) from a standpoint, I mean, it is like, it's a brand dude. I mean, it's a badge. It's what everyone's wearing to the games and to the bars. And I don't know how you could even keep it a secret for two years. I mean, I can't buy my wife an early birthday gift because I can't keep secrets. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the answer is you don't show anybody. Um, yeah. You don't like. I know it really is. It's um, there, there's a very very small group of folks in our office um, who 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 know our office and, and and at Adidas and at the league who know what that what that looks like. Um, and you know you have you, people get let into the circle, if you will, as as time goes on and you get closer and closer. But but um, you know, I mean, hey, we all sign you know, non-disclosure agreements. So, um, you know, and it, like it, I, I laugh about that, but it is because it's that important that we don't let it get out there, you know, and then it inevitably it's MLS, it's sports, things leak, they happen. And, and, and the, the biggest bummer of, of when that happens is that you don't feel like you've got, you got to tell the story you wanted to tell with it. But, um, but yeah, you try and keep it as close to the vest and you try and keep it a surprise. Um, yeah, not even so much, uh, for the surprise aspect, although it is really cool to see that reaction when people have no idea. Um, but, but, but really because the story is an important part of it and, and, and what, you know, like, like I said, I'm ultimately a storyteller at the end of the day. So I, that's the part I get really excited about, but, um, yeah, keeping it a secret is, is paramount, you know, I mean, there, that, that seven year document is not, a not exactly a, uh, 
a, a Google Drive link that's just floating <laughs> out there in Ether, you know? So you mentioned, you know, obviously you guys have a whole team working on these designs and the, and the kits and whatnot, but I would assume Adidas designers and, and Adidas themselves want to have some say in it. And, and even the league themselves probably have some say, or at least some rules as to what is or is not allowed. Um, how much you know push and pull is there between you as the club and Adidas and the league as far as what the design goes? Or do they really give you most of the, the control when it comes to designing these kits? It, it push pull is a very very uh, good description, a very apt description, I would say, of of the process. Um, and 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 honestly, there's good and bad to that. Um, you know, there, there's things that 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 we think they can't see, and they think we can't see in terms of kind of you know bigger picture story things or um, or smaller picture fabric construction things or. You know, um, there's a lot that goes into it. And just kind of to give you a baseline, it's it's, it's us at the team, uh, us at the club, and, and we have a small team of people who are who get really heavily involved in that. Um, that includes um, sporting style folks, John Monka, our, our executive VP of stadium and brand revenue, um, Mike Flaherty, the kit man's involved in it. Um, our VP of marketing, my boss, is uh, is heavily involved in it. And then obviously Jake Reed, the 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 CEO and president, the ownership gets involved. We, we, we pitch all of this to ownership to make sure that they're on board with where we're headed with it. Um, and then uh, also Peter on the technical side, because believe it or not, there's, there's a ton of thought in those guys' minds on the technical side about how the players will, will interact with what a, a uniform looks like on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's a big part of it. And then, and then you get the MLS side, you've got, um, you've got, a couple of people there, you know, pe- folks in like the merchandising and retail area who get a little bit involved. Um, you've got some folks on their, their uh, I would call it club branding side. And then competition, the MLS competition committee has a big say. And that's, you know, essentially a group of referees or referee types who, you know, they work on the same kind of mindset as the technical staff about who can wear what color against what team on the field, those kinds of things. And uh, and that's a whole nother crazy process that um, we can get into a little bit if you want. But then uh, also there's, uh, you know, then Adidas, you've got, um, you know, the Adidas global football team out of Germany that does all the design for all of the kits around the world. And, you know, they've got their own ideas and their own kind of global design language that they're trying to get across in a year or whatever that might be. And so, yeah, there's a lot of... uh, a lot of proverbial cooks in that kitchen sometimes. <laughs> and, and so that's, you know, I mean, it, it really is a push-pull. It really is a balance between what we as the club want um, and what MLS wants and what Adidas Global wants. And then some years it's, uh, some years it's more, I would say, more club-focused than others, and some years it's more Adidas. Than, you know, I, I guess me looking back at final products, that's how I look at it. It feels like that's exactly what we thought of and we put on paper. And some years it's like, well, it's kind of what we thought of and put on paper. And, you know, it just, it just, it varies. It, it, it absolutely varies. And it, and there's so many factors that go into that. So is it the competition committee who's responsible for all those white t-shirt looking jerseys out there that many clubs have? <laughs> you know, I, I will, I will, I will say this about that, that I would say that era of, of global soccer design is going away. I think that was a, that was a FIFA thing, honestly, okay. a couple of years back where, where it was very, you know, you, like where suddenly everybody in the world cup was wearing monochromatic, you know, tops and bottoms and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, that was, that was basically a FIFA and, and, uh, 
you know, I guess, what's the global refereeing organization? Is there a global refereeing organization? Um, That came down from those guys. You know, that was very much a competition issue. And I think somebody finally somewhere was like, you know, we did this for about four or five years and it didn't really feel, well, first off, we didn't, nobody sold as many jerseys, you know, which is, believe it or not, this is a, uh, a business globally at the end of the day that makes billions and billions of dollars. And when, when clubs and countries aren't selling jerseys, people pay attention to it. Um, and and it just didn't look as aesthetically pleasing on the field, you know? Like, I mean, I would sit here and tell you that the most iconic soccer jerseys in the planet, other than, let's say, the Netherlands and they're all orange, the most iconic national, international soccer jerseys on the planet are France and their navy tops or blue tops, white shorts, red socks, right? Mm-hmm. Or Mexico in their green tops, white shorts, red socks, where they can, you know, represent their country. Croatia in their checker, red and white checkers with white shorts, which is what they've always worn. Brazil, when Brazil suddenly was wearing all yellow rather than yellow-blue, and you're just like, well, that's not the Brazil I grew up knowing. Yeah, that, was a, that was a thing, and people took notice. So I, I will say I think we're getting past that era of, all white or all one color or all whatever and getting more into an era again of where as long as one team's in a light shirt and one team's in a dark shirt, it's, it's, it's easy to figure out. And then you want to make sure the shorts don't clash and things like that as well. But, um, you know, MLS specifically has guidelines now, which they didn't trust me. They didn't for years. (laughs) Um, they specifically have guidelines now that are, that are like, this is like, this is a light color. And this is a dark color and there's no, there's no questions about it because it's written down and everybody knows what that guideline is. You know, for example, our light blue, our sporting blue is a light color. Our dark indigo is a dark color. Portland's green is a dark green. As long as they stick to their green, Seattle's green is a light color. So, um, you know, there's a lot of those kinds of things that, that have, that are, uh, Better rules and better guidelines are going to make it better on the field where you don't end up, as you kind of said, with a lot of teams just wearing, you know, white T-shirt type feels. Cool. Nice. Do you have a, do you have one SKC kit over the years that you can look at and be like, like, I'm super proud of this one. Like I had that was that part state right line. there. That was my idea. State line. Without, a, without question, the state line will always be the soccer kit that I'm the most proud of. The 20... 2013, 2014, for, for a variety of reasons. I mean, one, we won the cup in it, you know, I and mean, that will that will forever be the jersey. I was, I was at a buddy's house the other night for a Halloween party, and he had a framed copy, or he had his framed jersey that he wore to the match that night and his ticket, and it was the state line kit, you know, like that will forever so cool. be, yeah, like that to me is the kind of thing that it's like, you can't, those visceral memories, we're in the business of creating memories at the end of the day. It's like, those visceral memories you can't you can't replace those and so he will always associate that match with that jersey the same way i will um but that one also had to me the best biggest and best story that's the story that we built this whole brand around this idea of you know like we're kansas city we are in so many ways defined by the state line not just not just the soccer club but like the city. We don't have the art. We don't have a space needle. We don't have this like architectural thing that everybody can point to. Right. So we, when we were kind of looking at the rebrand, we were like, what do, what do you, 
what do you think of when you think of Kansas City? And it was, it was in many ways, it was the border war. It was like not, and not the KUMU border war, although that's obviously a big thing, like the <laughs> historical border war and, and the border war that lives up to today where, you know, like people from Kansas claim Kansas, people from Missouri claim Missouri. But the thing that like always has fascinated me was if I'm out somewhere else, I was in Austin two weeks ago to, see, to visit a buddy. People asked me where I was from. I said Kansas City. I didn't say KCK. I didn't say Overland Park. I didn't, you know, I said I'm from Kansas City. And that's such a cool thing to me that, we, you know, is so unique. And people who come to Kansas City from outside of this area will also say, man, I'm from New York or I'm from Boston or I'm from wherever. And people wear Red Sox hats. People wear Yankees hats. But, like, you guys rep your city in so many different ways. You don't see just Boston T-shirts. Like you see a Kansas City t-shirt on, you know, every third person that you run into in this town. And we're really proud of that in a weird way. So anyway, all of that to say, the state line kit to me told that story in the best way. That was the, that was the thing that really kind of defined this brand. It was all about, you know, we, we might be two states, but we're one city and this is one club. And so that's where that state line kit came from. And it always just felt really, uh, really iconic to me, really unique. Um, it was like our take on, on your traditional kind of split, you know, soccer kit, but it it felt nobody else can ever do that Jersey. You know what I mean? And that's really cool. That's awesome, man. I mean, now on the other hand, do you ever get wrapped up in, uh, looking at, at reactions to jerseys? I mean, a lot, there's, I don't read the internet out there. Okay. <laughs> you don't get in on that. Good rule. No, no, of course, of course you do. Everybody gets, you know, and, and, the, and the worst part is, um, like anything, when you know how the sausage is made, you, you, you know what what made something happen one way or another. You know what I mean? Like like I could I could sit there and point to any of our jerseys and, and, and the truth is I could sit there and point to literally even including the state line kit, which I'm so proud of and love so much, or the, the first original black argyle kit, which I love so much. I could say, you know what, there's there's stuff we could have done different or better on all of those. Um but like knowing why something ended up the way it did almost kind of in a weird way makes it easier to, to kind of ignore or brush off some of those comments. And that's not because you don't care. It's just because like there's nothing more subjective on the planet than design. So you kind of get, you know, you spend enough time as a designer, you spend enough time in that world and you, you start to, you start to know which, where, where to pay attention and where to, put your guardrails up so that you don't, you know, end up hating everything you do. Um, because no matter what you do, somebody's going to dislike it. But, um, you know, I, I tend to think if we, if we end up with a kit that 75% of the people like, and 25% of the people hate, hate, that's like the sweet spot. Cause that means you did something really cool and you pushed the envelope and you did something, but not to the point that it was so milk toast that everybody was like, Oh yeah, that's okay. You know, like yeah. you want to push the envelope a little bit. And so um, it's when you, it's when the, 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 the pendulum flips that you're kind of like, well, maybe we should have found a, a, a thing to fight harder on or whatever. But um, but then again, you know how the sausage was made. So, you know, why why that didn't happen. And, and like the God's honest truth is like if a kit is not going to be well received for whatever reason or literally anything in the design world isn't going to be well received for whatever reason you have a pretty good idea ahead of time that that might happen, you know, like you're not blind to it. Cause if you're blind to it, you're not doing your job. So 
Well, I, t- I tell you what, just about every year, Jimmy sees the new jersey, and he's like, you know, I'm not feeling it. I'm hold not going to get it. And then, <laughs> hold, don't tell me to hold on. Then about a month goes by, and you fucking buy it. Tell me you don't. I did that with the black one. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> what about this year? Did you get this year's? I bought this year's right away. I, I, oh, I, yeah. This one, this one was one of those more polarizing ones, I think, Chad. Absolutely. Absolutely. But th- that's what's really funny about it, too, because I, w- I will say this. Um, the one I was actually the most worried about selling, quote unquote, you know, that like, like, is the reaction going to be so um, polarizing that it just doesn't sell was the 20, God, I got to do the math in my head, 2015. Is that right? Yeah. 2015 primary kit. No, no. 2017 primary kit. The, um, the blue with the white collar and the white shorts. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and aesthetically i think it's a good looking jersey i think you put that jersey you know we always talk about like i want you to be able to wear a kit in a bar look and not feel jeans. out of place not look you look good with jeans not look like an idiot i i, I as much as i love love like the, the toronto raptors tonight as we record this are wearing throwback 1995 toronto raptors jerseys and playing on the court <laughs> design from like the Barney year era of the 95 Raptors, the Vince Carter, Damon Stoudemire era, right? Yep. That to me is one of like the best, coolest, most ridiculous throwback eras, uniforms in the history of sports. But if a guy rolled into a bar in Westport, if a guy walked into Westport Ale House tonight, even to watch that game wearing that era of Raptors jerseys, people would side-eye him. And that's like such a weird thing about like we're we're so lucky with soccer jerseys. I mean, if a guy rolls into a if a guy rolls into Westport Alehouse tonight wearing a Steelers jersey or a Dolphins jersey, people are just like, man, that guy's kind of a crazy fan. Um, you know, just to watch them on Monday Night Football. But if a guy rolls in tonight with that sporting jersey on from 2017, people are just like, oh, that's cool. You like it's so different. We're allowed to do that with mm-hmm. soccer jerseys. Um, so that Jersey, I was worried that it wasn't going to sell. I was worried that it wasn't going to like, people were going to look at it and go, Oh, I don't know. That's too different for me that I don't like the white or it's too preppy for me or whatever. But I just kept saying, wait till you see it on the field. Wait till you see it on the field. And that's how I always like reserve judgment on uniforms. Wait till you see it in a hole on the field of play. And, uh, and then, you know, sure enough, three months later, Jimmy's buying a Jersey. Um, you know, and it's that kind of thing. (laughs) Like where people do, they, you know, and, and whether you're buying the jersey because you love the way it looks or you're buying the jersey because you love the club, it, honestly, it makes really no difference at the end of the day. Like, I, like that's awesome that you're buying the jersey because you feel something some way. I mean, that's the whole, again, we're, we're in the business of memories. That's the whole reason we do this. And so, like, if you're into it, you're into it. I don't care what the reason is. If a guy in, you know, New York City or, or Paris or, you know, wherever in the world buys the Jersey because they like it aesthetically. That's awesome. And that's really, really cool. Like there's nothing cooler than seeing that. But, um, at the end of the day, like you're buying the Jersey because you feel something about it or about the club and that's what matters. So yeah, it is really funny when, um, when you're, you know, sometimes you're sitting there like, just wait until you see it on the field, just wait till you see it on the field. I promise when you see it on the field, it's going to look cool. And then it does, um, you know, I know, I know the black kit got a lot of, got a lot of flack for that. And, and truthfully, I think the black kit is a, is a story that we probably needed to tell a different way, but, um, but it looks really cool. It's got the Argyle on it. It feels 
um, it feels like sporting when you get up close to it. I think the, 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 not the drawback, but the, uh, the one complaint we hear about the black kid is that you look on TV and there were, you know, there's so many teams wearing black in MLS and truth be told, we had no idea four or five or six other teams are going to roll out a black kit that year. Right. You know, and, 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 and had we known, would we have done something different? I don't know. I still think it's a really cool looking kit. Um, but we also were in an era where we had just lost the third kit. We don't, you know, we don't have the option to do third kits anymore. And it was like, well, the secondary kit is now your opportunity to, to, to have some fun, to do something different. And that's the thing I've always kind of said about the black kit was if that was a third kit, nobody has anything but positive things to say about it. Totally agree. But when it becomes a secondary kit, it's a different conversation. And, and you know, that's when I've, I've asked people that a lot. I've just said, hey, so is it the kit or is it the fact that it's one of our two kits? Um, and that, you know, that, that becomes the conversation. And, and it's, it's just interesting to kind of hear people's reactions to that because I've never run anybody, run into somebody who's like, oh, it would, it would I still wouldn't like it as a third kit. You know, everybody's like, oh, yeah, you're right. It's pretty cool. And so that was, again, the era, you know, the era of jersey design at that point was your primary kit is your primary kit and your secondary kit's your chance to have some fun, especially in MLS. And so that's kind of what we did. Um, but, you know, it it just it, it varies. Every year is different. And uh, and style style is both predictable and unpredictable. And you don't know where, where like, the fashion world is going to go or whatever. And you don't, in our case, like I said, how did we know that four other teams were going to roll out a black kit that year? Um, and then you always laugh. You're just like, what if we had released ours four days earlier before those other guys, <laughs> how would it have been received? You know, you always ask yourself those kinds of questions. So um, it's always interesting. It's, uh, it's just such a, it's just, it's, it's a crapshoot kind of no matter what, because like I said, it's, it's the most subjective thing in the world. Um, and I'm always interested to see how people, people react. Now, I think next year's kit is, is bomb. I think people are going to love it. Um, I think the kit the year after that is even better, you know, and it's like, and I think the plan for the year after that might even be the best we've got, you know? And so it's like, you you start looking at it, um, you know, now, and it's kind of like, well, that's part of the reason we established the seven year plan going forward was, figuring out what that story we wanted to tell was and kind of pulling it back to make it, make sure it was um, make sure it felt like us at all times to all people. And then from there deciding what's the design around it or what's the, you know, what's the special aspect to it or, or whatever. And so, um, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see, you know, how people react to next year's kit, because I think it's a really, really cool design. It, it's very sporting in a, in a very cool way. Um, and then, and then there's something completely unique to it too. So, you know, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. I do want to get a, uh, a couple of non kit related questions in real quick. If you got, mm. if you still got some time, um, absolutely go for it. What, but I do, I'd be remiss to ask you first real quick though. What was your reaction when you saw the picture of Steve Harvey wearing a sporting KC Jersey? So that Nate Bucati texted that to me and it, cause it popped up on Huffington post. And that was just one of the weirdest things. And Nate, so I don't know if you guys know the story, but that's, that's how he got the Jersey was because Nate and his Mm -hmm. family was on family feud and he took the Jersey down there. Um, when that popped up, we were just like, well, do we retire? Do we move to the beach? Like, how do you top this? (laughs) You know? Yeah. I mean, it was like, it was literally Steve Harvey's wearing our Jersey. I, I, 
um, I use it in presentations. Jimmy, you might have sat in on one of them. I think um, so, yeah. Yeah, where I use that in presentations is where I'm just like, well, yeah, how do you, how do you top that? I mean, Steve Harvey, because like, Steve Harvey's just such a weird guy to be wearing a sporting jersey for so many reasons. Um, and then he popped up, I don't know if you guys saw this, he popped up in the Sacramento announcement video last week. Yep. Very yeah, cool. and we were kind of like, wait a second, do we tweet at him? Do we just like, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> like, we actually joked about it in the office. Uh, do we send him a picture of that and ask him what's going on? He's a but traitor. We, we decided not to. Yeah. <laughs> you don't. Rule number one about Steve Harvey is you don't piss off Steve Harvey, though, so we didn't want to go right. that route. Yeah, large man. <laughs> um. So yeah, I do want to get at least one non-Jersey related question in here, and uh, I think I actually heard this when you spoke at the presentation you referenced when I was working at Cerner. You talked about the rebrand process going from the Wizards to Sporting KC. So how much sort of fear was there? I know back then, you know, the Wizards. <laughs> the Wizards is cool now; it's retro. But back then, you know, the Wizards wasn't like it wasn't the cool sort of name that it was now. So how much fear was there moving from the wizards to sporting KC? And I also remember you said something about how so many people who come to the games, they're not necessarily soccer fans. They're Kansas city mm-hmm. fans. So how did you sort of corner hone in on that as part of the rebrand and, and make it so successful? Well, so the, so the fear question is, is, is fascinating because like in a weird way, we were never scared. Um, but we were also terrified, you know, like, it's it, it's like changing from from the familiar, changing from something that you know you can you can trust, or then you know you can like it. Change is always scary. I guess that's the easiest way to put it. Um, we weren't scared about the rebrand from Wizards because the, genuinely, I don't think it cared what we changed the name the name of the team, the logo, the colors to. Nobody in this town was ever going to respect this brand or this team as the Wizards. Like, I just don't think we were ever going to have a chance to make an impact. Um, and there are people who disagree with that. Um, but, you know, I've got the sales numbers. I, I know what the difference was, you know, like yeah. historically at the time, I think we had 243 season ticket holders when I took a, when, when I, when I joined the club in 2007, uh, late 2006, early 2007, um, you know, we had two, 243 season wow. ticket holders. There's not a section there might be one, actually, now that I think about it. There might be one section, numerical section in the stadium at Children's Mercy Park that has fewer than 243 people in it. Like, you could have picked it up and put them in one section. And that, like, so, like, yeah, the people now who go back, you should have never changed. It's so cool. It sells so well. And it's like, yeah, but trust me, it wasn't selling back then. There was a reason we were 17th in the league in merchandise sales in a 16 team league, we finished behind generic MLS merchandise. Like that's amazing behind generic MLS, like all-star merchandise in, in 20, 2009 or, or 10, it runs together. I don't remember which year that was, but it was like, Oh, we just got beat by the dumb all-star Jersey, you know, like, <laughs> like that's, that's, so, so no, there was no way people were going to take it seriously. So like, Really, I, I've always said it didn't matter what we changed the name to. Like, we could have changed the name to the Sporting Kansas City Soccer Ball Kickers, and it would have <laughs> been better because it wasn't the Wizards. I mean, because when people thought of the Kansas City Wizards, they thought of an empty Arrowhead Stadium, or they thought of a minor league baseball stadium, and they thought of a silly dragon mascot, 
you know, or they thought of kids with vuvuzelas and they didn't think about professional first class, world class soccer or world class entertainment. And, um, and that had to change no matter what we did. So, um, I apologize. What was the second question was, Oh, you just mentioned how people who come to children, like there was the consecutive sellout streak and whatnot. And it wasn't that there's 20,000 hardcore soccer fans coming every week, but they're Kansas city fans. And how did you hone in on that and make it so successful? Yeah. Um, well, well, first off, I mean, like we, okay. Two things happened. One, we did some really cool, fun stuff. We did some really good stuff. That was awesome. Two, we got really, really lucky. You know, the timing ended up being perfect. We, we, we purposefully said we wanted to time the rebrand to opening a stadium. And, and for a variety of reasons, that was the best decision we ever made. Not the least of which is where we would have landed with the rebrand prior. If we had opened a stadium earlier, none of us would have been happy with and in, in a really funny way. Um, had we ended up rushing it, I guess, if you will. Um, I don't know how you rush a four-year process, but that would have <laughs> felt rushed. Um, but the, the Chiefs were bad. Like, I, think they, I think the Chiefs went 2-14, and 14, you know, in 2011, and the Royals lost 95 or 100 games, and then they did it again the next year. And, and I, I, you know, so 2011 and 2012 were, were, were kind of very fortuitous for us in that um, the Chiefs and Royals both didn't feel like they were going anywhere. And then they didn't feel like they had anybody in Kansas City's best interests in mind, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and and here we go with this brand new, shiny, incredible world class soccer stadium that has a has a, a cool, fun, modern feeling soccer brand, authentic but modern feeling soccer brand tied to it. Um, good color scheme, which went a really, really long way. Uh, the old Hawaiian blue would never would have flown, you know, thinking about it now. Yeah. Um, you've got, you've got five owners who are so devoted that you don't only just like see them, you see them regularly, you know, Rob Heineman's grabbing a microphone at midfield constantly. You've got, um, you've got Cliff Illig and Neil Patterson down on the field, waving at people and, and, you know, 98% of people in Kansas city can't pick Greg Madej and, and pack her in out of a lineup. But those that do those that live in that world and their community and you know, that the, the philanthropy, those guys do the boards, those guys are involved on, they see them down there too. And so it's like, Oh yeah. You know, meanwhile, fans are rarely seeing David glass at, at Royals games and, and rarely seeing Clark Hunt or, um, or Lamar. I think Lamar had passed by then, but at chiefs games. And it's, um, yeah, no, you've got you've got five owners who feel like they care about this city. You've got a, a, a club that feels like it cares about the city, and then we started to win. You know, I mean, we came we came home in June of 2011, and we were. I'm going to get this wrong, and and somebody's going to make fun <laughs> of me for it in the office. But I think we were, you know, like we had one win in in 11 games, or two wins in 11 games, or something like that, um, as Sporting. And then we opened the stadium, and the nil nil happens, and and everybody you know, Kevin Keatsman's trashing us on the radio and, and then Rob calls in and says, Hey, this isn't acceptable. We're going to win. I promise you we're going to win. And if we're not going to win, we're going to make some changes, but I promise you we're going to win. And then we started winning and we kept winning and then we won trophies. And, you know, it was like, so what's cool about that, all of that to say, those people who started coming to sporting games who had never been to a wizards game in the past, couldn't have cared less about the wizards or soccer or whatever 
They were there because it was suddenly a place to see and be seen. They were there because it was suddenly a place to feel like they were a part of something. You know, I keep coming back to that. Um, and Jimmy, you've heard me tell the we story before. And the, the idea is that, that when somebody says the word we about a sports team, that means that they're committed. They feel an emotional connection to that. You know, nobody, nobody says we about other brands. Nobody says, I don't care if you're the, the, the most diehard Apple fan on the planet. You've had every iPhone from, you know, 1 to 11. You don't say we when you're talking about Apple. But if you say we about sporting or the Chiefs or the Royals or KU or the Green Bay Packers, I don't care. Like, that means you have an emotional connection to that. And that's such a cool world we get to live in in the sports thing. And we started to see that happen. People who always said the Wizards were suddenly like we about sporting. And so that's the, that's the difference because it felt like it was, you know, part of Kansas City. Felt like it was something people wanted to be a part of. And, you know, that, that was, that's what I mean when I say, you know, I think, I think if we had 18,500 people in the stadium on any given night in 2011, let's call it 4,000 were soccer fans to the core. And the rest were there because they felt like something really cool was going on that they wanted to be a part of. So that's awesome. That's cool. That's like, that's, that's the ultimate, like the ultimate. And then you turn them into soccer fans. You know, we've always said we get you in the building once we're going to make you a sporting fan. Oh yeah. 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 It's pretty cool. Now you got a whole bar downtown, a sporting KC bar and everything. It's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. If you, if you would have told me, if you would have told 21, 22 year old me back in 06, 07, that, that first off that we would build a soccer stadium less than a mile from where I grew up. I grew up out, out in KCK out in, out in Piper. Um, You know, if you would have told me that was going to happen, I would have told you we were crazy. Pinnacle, by the way, is uh, on a plot of land where I first learned to horseback ride because it was a horseback ranch. There you go. <laughs> you know, like, like if you would have told me any of that, I would have told you you were crazy, let alone the fact that, that we would get, you know, hundreds of thousands of people to come to, to soccer matches in Kansas city, because I, I was, I was a wizards fan long before I was, you know, working with the club and it was like pulling teeth to get my friends to go to games. And then a couple years later, it seemed like, you know, I, I had people calling me every five minutes asking for tickets. And so <laughs> like, it's just, it's so you, in our wildest dreams, we never would have expected sporting to become what it has become and become so ingrained in the city. And I guess the really cool part is it's like, it doesn't in any way feel like we've, we've hit the ceiling. Like it feels like we can keep growing and keep growing soccer oh, yeah. as an entertainment venue. And, as, and, 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 keep growing this this brand and it's you know as the as the matt beaslers and graham zeusies and roger espinoza's and seth Sinovics of the world retire and move on in the next i don't know how many years any of those guys have left whether it's five or ten or how you know i mean as far as i'm concerned some of those guys can play i think roger espinoza could probably play until he's 45 and still never run out of energy <laughs> but but like but like it, those guys are going to move on, but there's this whole next generation of guys that are coming through the Jean-Luc Abusios, the Jalen Lindsay, the Juan Cousin, the Cameron Duke who literally grew up in Overland park. And, 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 and now as a part of this club, you know, that's such a cool story that like this next generation in so many ways is even more ingrained in, in Kansas city and Kansas city sports. You know, I, I grew up, Matt Beasler is I think three years younger than me. And so I never played soccer against Matt. But I knew of Matt because we ran in a lot of the same soccer playing circles. But like, there are so many kids 
who grew up and went to high school with Cam Duke or elementary school with Cam Duke or, you know, like, like there's this whole new generation coming up where it's, it's such a part of them. Um, and it's such a part of the city and they've also never known this city without it. They never knew the, the shittiness of the wizards era. <laughs> like, yeah, that's kind of cool to think about where this next group's going to come. So that's why I say, you know, we haven't even remotely hit the ceiling and that's going to be fun to see over the next five, 10, 20 years, whether I'm, whether I'm here and a part of it or, or, or not, you know? Absolutely. And it helps to have people like Mahomes showing up in an SKC jersey having the time of their lives. Right. So. right. Um, <laughs> it turns out that guy, uh, nearly everything he touches turns to gold. So, um, yeah. but no, but he's, that's the thing is, so I got to, I was really lucky. I got to do, uh, um, we were working on the World Cup bid stuff and we've got, we got to work on the, uh, which is incredible to get to actually work on, you know, something like the opportunity to bring the World Cup to Kansas City. Um, and, and we did a, video shoot and a photo shoot with, with Mahomes and Beasler and, and then another one a couple days later with Salvador Perez. And it was like, oh no, Pat Mahomes actually cares. He's actually a soccer fan. You know, like he, he that's not for show. I mean, you know, I think yeah. part of it is he gets he, what he is to this city and what he needs to be as QB1 of Kansas City. But no, he literally genuinely cares about like sporting being successful. Um, the same way Matt Beasler cares about the Chiefs being successful, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, it's 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 really really cool because uh, you know he's always said that his his girlfriend turned him into a soccer fan, um, but you know he 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 talked to me about how much he enjoyed games and how much he enjoyed the atmosphere, and so that's just a really cool conversation to have with you know the NFL MVP um, when <laughs> right. he says things like that. You're just like. Oh, that's cool. We're doing something right. Yeah. You know, you want to hang out so. after this? And uh... <laughs> yeah, I did not ask that. I, I've worked in sports long enough to know that you know, like where where that line is, and also yeah. he, he's the NFL MVP. So <laughs> right, <laughs> Should we exchange numbers or. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, I will say this about him though. Um, not only is he like genuinely a, a soccer fan and genuinely a sporting fan and genuinely loves Kansas City. Um, I actually, my, my wife jokes because she drives past his house every day on the way to work. Um, and I mean, the guy's got, you know, inflatable Halloween de- decorations in his yard right now. Like he's a genuine, <laughs> he's just a guy. He's just a guy. And, and he just happens to be the most talented football player on the planet. Um, but, but he is the nicest guy. And he asked you about, I watched him have conversations with these. Like, I was a little nervous with that one. Like I've, I've met a lot of athletes in my life, but I was like, you know, this is the NFL MVP. I don't know if he's a prima donna. I don't know what he's going to be like. I'm not going to just like walk up to him and start directing him. So I talked to Matt and I said, Matt, you know, if you go up there and you, you go up and talk to him first, you guys have met before. And then I'll walk up and introduce myself and, and then we'll start talking about what we're doing. And, um, and I watched him talk to Matt and I was just within earshot enough to hear him like asking Matt about training and asking Matt about his kids and his wife. And you're just like, Oh yeah, he's a really cool dude. You know? So that's awesome. That's a, it was, it was awesome to hear. And, and, and also, you know, for him to kind of be like, you know, he might be the NFL MVP, but, but he knows what Matt Beasler means to Kansas city too. That was really cool. Very cool. Nice. Well, Chad, you have been far too gracious with your time with us. You, we kept Dude, you more than twice awesome. as long as, as we told you we would. But this was so this was great. We uh, we can't thank you enough. Um, hopefully, we'll uh, be able to have you back some some other time. And we can. I mean, there's so much more that we could talk about with you that we didn't even get a chance to scratch the surface on. 
happy to do it, guys. It was, I really, really enjoyed it. It was a. I, I mean, clearly, I could talk all day about this stuff. <laughs> Where can uh, can people find you on either Instagram or Twitter? Oh Jesus, I don't even know if I want that out there. Yeah, oh, you um, don't have to. No comment. That's fine. <laughs> no, no, no. I just don't know if I want to subject people to that. You can get um, more Twitter fights with people about timeouts in the Chiefs game. Yeah, I don't, if, if if you're listening to this right now, you probably <laughs> didn't understand uh, or did not understand. You didn't hear slash see Jimmy and I fighting about Andy Reid's play calling and yep. oh, and I timeouts understood. last night on Twitter. Hey, you that. know what? No, I I, I I I think we've had this conversation last night. I have uh, I have no problem with Andy Reid and his play calling ever. I just I think the timeout last night. I'm a game theory guy. I used to play way too much uh, way too much poker. Um, I'm a game theory guy. I was like, I want that eight seconds back on that timeout with 2:41 to go. But, but, um, but he's also he's also won a whole lot more games in the NFL as a head coach than I have. So, what do you know? Um, no, but uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's uh, at at wait, wait, what is it? At the Chad underscore KT. Um, same Instagram. Instagram's more fun. You get way more pictures of my dog, way more pictures of my wife, who's who's much prettier and much smarter than I am. And, um, and then also, uh, and, and sometimes kind of behind the scenes, cool stuff from, uh, from sporting. So on Instagram or on Twitter, you just get, see me get in fights about sports with Jimmy. <laughs> well, Chad, thank you so much for, for spending uh, part of your evening yeah. with us. Uh, Thanks we brother. Can't thank you enough. And we will, uh, talk to you again sometime soon. Absolutely guys. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. All right. See you buddy. All right, man. That, I mean, that interview was on that was it real that was great holy hell dude here what what is with us and being like hey well uh we're just gonna take 20 minutes of your time and <laughs> we then we're stop like, telling then people like, that 50 minutes later we're like hey sorry for abusing your time like i mean I, that's not all on us that's not all on us chad was having such a good time <laughs> that he was just flowing in in conversational goodness man good that, there's a lot of good stuff there to, to really unpack i think uh, i think listeners will really enjoy that and we didn't even scratch the surface. I mean, we, we played around with some ideas of things we wanted to talk about. I mean, he's done, I yeah. believe, radio hits, broadcast hits for Sporting Kansas City. We didn't even talk about that. No, we didn't We didn't have time. Cause, I mean, we could have him come back for a whole other hour. Yeah. I mean, the, the Jersey conversation went longer than I thought it would, but it was so good and so interesting. And that's what so many fans want to hear about. Well, what was so. interesting for me is that he was like, that's not you know the most crazy thing that I take care of, really. But to us that is the craziest thing that he takes care of because that's what's in the public. You know what I mean? That's that's the consumer, man. That's what they're buying. Yeah. I had no idea. So I knew it was a two-year process. I had no idea. They have a seven-year jersey plan. Can you believe that? Man. What and if some rumor, some rumor leak sites got a hold of that? <laughs> oh, my God. That thing better be hidden under, like, lock and key under Peter Vermees's, like, oh, secret. Yeah. They got, like, know, secret encryption files and right. stuff. Yeah, you need to like, you better you better control you better window lock your computer when you walk away. Scan Peter's eyeball and then you know Jake Reed and Chad <laughs> need to simultaneously place their hands on like biometric readers and like to and, like, get voice in there. activation. They have to sing like a barbershop quartet to yep. open the vault. Hundred <laughs> um, percent. Jersey design, Jersey design, Jersey design. <laughs> the other thing I wanted to ask him about because he was talking about like the on-field performance was like. I wanted to know the inside story, and maybe we'll have to ask Kitman sometime because we want to get Kitman on here. But how broken up was Ilya when MLS said no more long sleeves? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that's Ilya, just yeah. he's just got to deal with it, man. Got to wear his own long sleeves now. Yeah, I think he should just tattoo his arms and just have just sleeves that way. Yeah, so, Johnny just, Russell style, man. <laughs> um, but man, that was such a cool interview. Thank you so much. That was Chad. great. 
Thanks, Chad. Holy shit, man. I just people are just so nice, and I'm just, you know, I'm just just reach, I just reached out to him. It's like, hey, you want to do this? I know you don't know me very well, but uh, you want to do this? Yeah. And I didn't even screw it up by fighting with him on Twitter the night before. So. Yeah, dude, I I kind of saw that, and I was like, what is you doing? You know, we're interviewing this cat, right? Yeah. We were, we were not really fighting. We were having a friendly debate about you know NFL game theory and when timeouts should be used. So well. I just didn't like your passive-aggressive gifs of Aaron Rodgers. I knew what you were doing. Oh yeah, you're just like, yeah, this guy who's so handsome. Which, let's be honest, the motherfucker looks like he's 47 years old. Okay, he's not that handsome, but he's a good-looking dude. If Mahomes was playing, I, I saw someone tweet that was like, "Oh, this must be what it's like to watch Mahomes play against you," because Aaron Rodgers was doing big things, and and then uh, you you didn't like your receivers or something. I don't know. I, again, I was I was about to lay into you. I was yeah. about to be like, "Don't do it. Don't give Jimmy the time of day. He's just <laughs> he's just being snarky. His dumb cheese head. You know, I have a cheese head. I have a cheese head too. Yeah, we man. Be cheese head bros. We could cheese head it up, man. I got uh, when I went to the Packers training camp experience or whatever. That was fun. Yeah, it's a good time. So, well, yeah. Again, thank you, Chad, so much. Um, give him a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, if you haven't, uh, good follow. Um, a rad dude. Good to call him Rad Chad. <laughs> rad Chad. Um, let's, uh, you know, we don't have a lot of time, just a few minutes left here. But, right. But let's <laughs> let's answer a few questions. We'll kind of do rapid fire, so sorry. We're not going to get in-depth on many of these questions. Yeah. Um, Kyle Orenberg. We can save some. If you want to, like, take some screenshots, we could save them for another time. That's true. Let's, uh, let's rapid fire through a few of these, and we'll see what we get to. Okay. Um, first one, actually, I was going to start with Kyle, but I think... Let's start with this one from Drew. Which KC Sports Ooh. Twitter is grumpier after a loss, SKC Twitter or Chiefs Twitter? Man, it kind of feels like Chiefs Twitter, doesn't it? Yeah, he already told me not to take this as an opportunity to gloat as the second part of that tweet, but I've already covered the gloating, so I yeah, will not I gloat, gloat any further. Stupid ass. I t- <laughs> Sorry, see, I name call. <laughs> I don't fight fair. I just get Flash mean. Out. It's not cool. Something I'm really working on. It's a real big, real bad deal. I went axe throwing yesterday. <laughs> Took out a little aggression on axes. Oh, no. Um, you say Chiefs Twitter though? You think they they're, they're worse? I mean, Sporting Twitter just kind of got down and wants to burn it all down. Chiefs Twitter just kind of got I don't know, why why were Chiefs people really mad just because we actually made a game of it? I mean, wasn't the spread like two touchdowns almost? It was quite I mean, yeah, Matt Moore starting at quarterback who was like a yeah. high school coach 8 weeks ago. So, Green Bay was like supposed to be like 13 or something. So I'm like you made it a game. I mean, that's that's with the defense progress. I know it's not, but the Chiefs fans shouldn't have been as mad as they were. Uh, Kyle Orenberg, am I the only one who was nervous the team is uh, posturing to bring mostly the same lineup back next year? To me, it seems they are. Uh, to me, it seems they are spinning 2019 season as an anomaly. So I don't know. Oh, what do you, what do you Kyle think? is Kyle's drinking again, so uh, <laughs> knock knock that off. No, I don't know. That doesn't feel right, does it? Not to me. I mean, I know some people. I mean, there was the Carries of Agnan interview we talked about last week, where he was like, "Yeah, it kind of was an anomaly." But then there's also the Peter interview, which I think is more important, where he was like, "Yeah, we're, if you weren't good enough, you're going to be gone." So, I think uh, as far as Peter's concerned, there's going to be some new players within reason. It's not going to burn it down, but burn it down. You're doing wrestling quotes again, man. <laughs> I didn't even know that. Um, yep. Monday Night Raw, you better go turn it on. Zachary Harden, thoughts on Gianluca Buzio's goal in the U-17 World Cup? Um, 
yeah, I mean, he scored. We lost 4-1. But, he scored, and they got creamed. But good for him. I mean, it's good experience. So I mean, it was a sweet goal, dude. Like three and a half minutes in or whatever it was, he just lasered it in. I was like, God damn, I, I couldn't put a header like that on goal. Yeah, so, I mean, he's the real deal. But hopefully they uh, play better in their next match. Yeah, for real. Um, Let's see here. Brian Ballantine had a couple good questions, but I kind of want to save those because I want to get into that a little bit more. He was asking about possession and like the direction um, that you know Sporting KC and the national teams are going. So Brian, we see you. Might save those. Um, Rusty asked, "What are your thoughts on Serginho Dest, who today, earlier before we were recording this podcast, declared that he's going to play for the U.S. Men's National Team instead of the Netherlands?" Yeah. So saw that. I, I don't know him. I've never heard the name, but uh, if he's choosing U.S. Oh, over man. the Netherlands, then sounds good. He uh, He's a big deal. Starting, yeah, it sounds like it. Starting fullback for uh, Ajax. Got some okay. Champions League experience. Um, he, he's good. He's going to step in and be an immediate contributor. Um, he he turned down a call-up for uh, the, the CONCACAF uh, Nations League because he still wanted more time. That would have cap-tied him. He wanted more time to decide between the Netherlands, where he grew up, and the uh, U.S. men's national team. This is this is the first big win for Greg Berhalter and Ernie Stewart for the U.S. men's national team. So this is this is kind of a big get. The question is, can they do anything with him now? So we'll see. But hey, credit where credits due. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then lastly, Brian Scarborough um, he sent us an email where uh, he said last week you brought up the idea of moving to three conferences in a league, which is you know he's long story short he says he's heard this elsewhere. It seems like a great idea. Um, he was asking, you know, if each conference adds more members, does that mean it would add more games to the season and would it become a 40 game season? And so I just wanted to clear this up. There will not be more games added to the season. There, all it would mean would be you would play teams in the other conferences, or if they go to three conferences, uh, in the other two conferences, you would play them less. So we probably would not play every team in the league. Um, you play... I assume every team in your own conference twice, like you do currently, and then you play. You'd fill out the rest of the schedule with teams from other conferences. But there, as there is no plans to expand the number of games in a season that I am aware of. Right, right. So, just wanted to uh, clear that up, and also wanted to give a shout out to uh, our our boy Marty, who has decided to take it upon himself to forward every single time Jordan Morris does something good, just to troll you. <laughs> Don't give that dude a shout out. I. I did laugh. It made me giggle. And uh, I'm just not paying enough attention to the kid, I guess. I guess I was being a little salty on uh, on the Sounders in general. Maybe, I'm, maybe I don't hate Jordan Morris. Maybe I just hate the Sounders. I, I don't know. I, I'll have That's to get fair. to the bottom of that. I, I have to get to the bottom of that feud in my mind. Well, Jordan Morris won the 2019 MLS Comeback Player of the Year. And uh, Marty said, every time J-Mo scores or assists for club or country, I'm going to remind Kuz that he has more goals and assists for club club slash country combined in the trailing 12 months than any other U.S. men's player. So He won Comeback Player of the Year? He did. That's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so That's so dumb. Okay. Anyways, perfect. I time. got some crow to eat, I guess. Well, it's like <laughs> when I mentioned it, I was like, oh, yeah, what's he doing? You know, why didn't he score earlier? And you're like, well, he he scored three times. So, uh, <laughs> and I was just like, all right, I'll go uh, kill myself. See ya. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah. So, shout out to Marty for uh, having a little fun with us. But, man, I think we are, uh, we're past that hour mark now. So, I think that's about all we got time for. 
And I hope you guys weren't bored. I hope you didn't see the length of this podcast and be like, ugh, this could be rough. I, I hope the interview was good. I hope we brought some humor and whatnot. But uh, that was cool, man. God, can't thank Chad enough. That's so cool. Yeah. Shout out to Chad once again. Um, and shout out to you guys for listening, especially through the off season. So yeah. thank you guys. Let us know who you want to have on. I mean, this was a this was a, a listener request right here, man. And we made it happen for you. Absolutely. So let us know who you want to have on. You can tweet us at NoOtherPod, at DanCoozer, at JCMax03. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash NoOtherPod. You can send us a message either through Facebook or through email, NoOtherPod at gmail.com. Uh, and you can let us know in a review. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know who you want us to interview, and we will try to make it happen. But thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next week. We'll know who will be in the MLS Cup final, and uh, we'll talk all about it and give our predictions. But until then, he's Dan. I'm Jimmy, and we'll catch you all later. See ya. Thank you, Rad Chad. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.